0: FM to get started. Hey everybody, your favorite outlaws and misfits are back, and also the Legends of Tomorrow show as well. We're breaking down season four, episode nine, Lucha de Espuestas. We're going to talk about luchador, Snickerdoodles, and somebody's wolfing out. We're going to talk about it all next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now let the buzz. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Legends of Tomorrow After Show, breaking down every episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After uh, uh, Show, airing now at 8pm on the CW on Monday nights. Yeah. I'm Frank Moran. I'm Dave Child. Look at that. And oh, we're here, we're back. Yes, our third panel mate, uh, Lex Michael, is going to be on, on a rotating basis for he's the remainder of the here. season. He's going to be
1: here, he's going to be there, he's going to be everywhere that you believe in him. If you believe in Lex Michael...
0: He'll appear. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to say his name three times. Yeah, he's the candy man. Oh, that's, baby. That's what he is. There you go. Uh, but as always, folks, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, hop in the chat. Share your thoughts about uh, anything we're talking about this episode in particular yeah. or this a series in general. But we're going to be talking about the episode. We'll also, you know, we'll talk about, uh, you know, if I've got some beef, or maybe I'm not the only one on this panel who has some beef. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's oh. That's right. Oh, it's. It's coming up. That's right. <laughs> so before we get into the episode in specific, mm-hmm. Dave, what did you think overall? I,
1: uh, I, I
0: liked it. I just, I feel like
1: they got told, <laughs> they made this episode and they didn't realize it was going to be the beginning of this weird second half of the season. You think so? That's what bothered me the most. Okay. About the episode. Because like, it... The last episode was really great and I think they wanted to end on like a super strong note because it was all about like the Constantine kind of like redoing like the uh, timelines over and over again and it was super fun. But this had the feeling of like, I don't know, it felt like stuff from the previous part of the season was lingering and so they had to finish it off and I kind of wish there was some sort of palate cleanser in the beginning of this. Yeah. something to get into it because it drops us right into the middle of like they're taking the puppet away we hear we still hear paul rubin's voices it's getting taken away and then we also have like and then we have to deal with the fact that uh the copay has been and it's going to be all about the copay which was set up in the previous episode and i kind of felt like it didn't there wasn't it it, it was a, almost felt like a part two in a lot of ways i mean, it was weird to drop into the middle of that.
0: Well. I mean, and I guess, I don't know how much of it is, also, it's been almost four months.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time. I, I almost thought, like, oh, this is season five. Yeah. And then I remembered, oh, no, this is <laughs> season 4.5, is
0: what we're about to watch. It is a long gap, and it's almost like pretty much the the, the gap here is going to be just as long as the gap between the end of the season and the beginning of next season yeah. in the fall. So That's it's like, like a mini-season. Yeah. So I kind of wanted a season opening.
1: That's what I wanted, and Damn. I didn't get that. I got like an episode in the middle of the season that made me go like, "Oh,
0: yeah. I should have, I should have rewatched the previous episode right before <laughs> I watched it." And you know, well, it does that because I know when we talked about the Constantine episodes, the one big thing was. Uh, we never really addressed what happened to Mona because we saw yeah. that she had gotten, you know, gored by you know, the Kupa, uh, Kope before he took off, an right, accident,
1: right, right.
0: And, but then everything just kind of moved past that after the timeline reset itself. We're like, wait, what happened to Mona?
1: Yeah, and we weren't very sure. And that's they were leaving it for this episode. That's why I guess it was like a part two for the B plot that's about to become the, the A plot. Yeah. So that's why it was a little strange.
0: Well, it was interesting. Is uh, uh, before we break down the episode here, there was an article on TV Line. Where they uh, they talked to the executive producer of uh, Legends of Tomorrow and uh, uh, Phil Klemmer, uh-huh. and they said that you know they did a little, you know a little change of heart in terms of the season. And I don't know how much of that was over the the nice long break that they had, they uh-huh. kind of reevaluated what they had and kind of are now kind of tweaking it, or they realized it sooner and have tweaked it more. But basically, originally, good old uh, Tom Wilson was, or I should say, Hank's dad Hank's was dad. supposed to be the big bad, but then they they cast Tom Wilson and they go, man. He's really good in this part, and we really like what he's bringing to it. We don't want to make him to be the big bad. But right now, he is the big bad. They're transitioning it from him being the big bad to just working for... The big bad and not realizing right. that this big bad is truly the big bad.
1: Okay. So kind of becoming kind of what Ava is in this episode.
0: Yes. Kind of. Okay. So they are doing a big transition from that, as well as with Nate's story arc as well, because originally yeah. it was that to win his father's approval, he was going to start falling more in line with his dad when he's originally going to be the big bad. And oh. you're going to start seeing the evil side of Nate come out. Mm. But then they decided it'd be more interesting to see a father affected by his more hippie type son, right? And have that softening, and they said that would be the more more interesting story to be to play, which then coincided with wait. Now we've got Tom Wilson. Let's kind of refigure this whole thing out. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, because of that, we're going to see a totally different uh, story arc for Nate as well as uh, our big bad for this season. Yeah, I was. I actually have the
1: sense of that because now they're introducing Zari as a potential. Love interest for Nate?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt like they... Because I had not really noticed anything with him before until no. this episode. All of a sudden, it was like, the date? Although, I guess she did uh, spend... why
1: would we ever date? Why would we suddenly have a date? And I, was, <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess... All right. Did they have chemistry before? Am I just forgetting that? Because she spent Thanksgiving
0: with him, right? Yeah. So yeah. maybe that was like the initial kind of kernel you could build this off of, I suppose. I guess. But I, in that episode, you didn't notice anything. And it wasn't until this one you are like... This felt a little like Huck Girl and uh, uh and
1: a Ray yeah and Ray. You it think felt so? a little like out of nowhere, just trying to put these two people together. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I could be totally wrong. But it, I, it, I maybe really I have like to rewatch beats. episodes.
0: Mm, no, I would agree with you because it felt like out of kind of nowhere to this. Yeah, were kind of like no, no, it's not a not a date. It's not a date. <laughs> I mean, it could be the start of something. It was yeah. kind of
1: it was kind of nice. It was actually kind of nice to give. Zari something a bit more active to do that's something that I've, I think I've talked about in the past but it's uh, I, uh, I'm
0: curious to see what they go with it. I think I like this better than the uh, Hawk Girl Ray because she yeah, always knew it is better than that was always going to be the end game for right. that so it was like why are we wasting time with this? Right. But we know uh, you know we got Vixen is already she's gone she's not coming back. Yeah but someone with her face is around but it will be weird if he starts
1: with her so it, it is kind of nice that he's moving on. Yeah. And it's just another workplace romance,
0: I suppose. <laughs> well, this one gives us, I know, uh, are you a huge fan of Lucha, luchador wrestling. Uh-huh. Yep, I know. Uh,
1: I um, mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say huge fan. I respect it.
0: I mean, huge. I mean, I had to talk Dave down for us to do wearing the show in our luchador masks. Uh-huh, that's, that is very true. It's like, no to Dave, please. They want to see our handsome faces. Let's not. Well, not just because I always want to wear a mask.
1: <laughs> I never want people to know who I am, really. <laughs> And in a way, I do wear a mask. It's just on the inside.
0: Oh, it's over my
1: heart. Oh no, it's a mask over my heart. Oh no, (laughs) this was kind of nice because it was like uh, I think they were referencing El Santo, right? It was without mentioning El Santo. Yeah, who's kind of the most one of the most famous luchadors? I do know a little bit about luchadors. Who's one of the most famous luchadors of? uh, I think it's El Santo. Um, I'm probably tell me how wrong I am because it probably is very wrong. Who became like a movie star and became like uh, pretty famous? What I was curious about was what was with the outfits for the Luchadors? Why would the full body, why the full body like latex uh, outfits? They didn't wear stuff like that. They they they're like their shirts were off. But not all of them were they Yeah, or they had like straps or something, yeah
0: but like the wrestling singlets kind of
1: every it. single person had this full body outfit. So I was wondering <laughs> if it was like it must have been like a oh, we can't we can't show any nipples, including male nipples. so keep those things hidden up.
0: Well, I mean, Cover Gary's up the whole thing E has got one of his nipples eaten.
1: that's true. So maybe that's what they, they reached their nipple quota? For like <laughs> Enough with the nipple references. We He's about to say, where's my nipple, several times. Yeah. But I I don't see any proof of anyone having a nipple with this episode. That was my biggest problem.
0: C.W. laying down the law. All right, Legends Riders. You get one nipple. <laughs> We've zoom. been too nipple-focused on this show. We need to focus up a little bit. When it comes to wrestling, uh, I mean... Because I feel like the thing that's cool about uh, lucha wrestling is that it can get even though there's storylines in both yeah. uh, American wrestling and uh, lucha wrestling, the lucha wrestling can get bonkers. It can where, get crazy. Yeah, yeah, you can bring in the supernatural uh-huh. and all this stuff. And I feel like there's some fun elements of that. That you know, it's like you. I don't know if it, it almost feels like you know you're playing a bigger story and it just really bonkers. Yeah, yeah, it gets really
1: involved and convoluted, the storylines. But that's what I like about, one of the things I liked about this episode was that was the big complaint from the, uh, our main, uh, our main luchador there who, who was supposed to become famous. He said this other guy is not letting him lose when the, uh, when Konani becomes like. The Luchador, the El uh, Lobo, a Lobo, yes, El Lobo. He's not like letting anyone lose. He's not letting himself lose, like at all. So there's no storylines happening. There's no nothing that happens. So big complaint about wrestling and why people love wrestling is it's not fake. It's just planned. So people get hurt. People do their stunts. They do their outfits. They they do enough that like p- bruises happen. Like people. Roll on to tax. They do all that stuff, and that's all real. It's just the outcomes that are planned ahead. So that's why it's fake or not fake. it's just it's all planned. And the fact that El Lobo is not letting that happen at all is like it has got to be putting a wrench into the whole system.
0: Well, I, and uh, having an explained like that kind of really like oh yeah you know I, you know I guess I knew that but never really thought about it in that way where yeah the losing is a vital part of the storyline because yeah. you want to see that rise. Yeah, uh, heroes got
1: to gotta lose in order to become a hero.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I sometimes I uh, forget about that, and I'm like, oh yeah, he's a, he, he, I guess it's you know you can't win all the time; it gets boring. That's a good thing to remember in life, kids. Sometimes yes. you do have to lose in order to win. There you go. If
1: you win all the time, it's not winning; it's just maintaining a normal, and you're just dying inside. And if you lose a little
0: bit, then you have something to hope for, something to wish for,
1: a love to find.
0: I want to see. I wish we had a star that would just kind of soar over Dave's head right now. You know, somewhere there is some young kid staying at way too late watching this. Watching the after show. And yep. be like, I just want some bit of hope and to find out
1: what these people think about my
0: favorite TV show. <laughs> Finally, I get two of that things
1: tonight.
0: They snuck their parents' iPad away into the bedroom. Underneath the blankets, they got the light illuminating, and there they are watching Dave Child. You're welcome, Timmy. That's right, <laughs> telling him some essential life truths. Yeah, that's for you, Timmy. So it looks like this episode here uh, with Mona, we are kind of taking her from just kind of a you know a background, a very very background yeah. secondary character, and really injecting her a lot more into the ca- the core cast. Way more than I thought we were going to. If
1: we want to jump to the end, but like I was. I was kind of shocked by this twist at the end. Yeah. That got me. I did not expect that. Like, I I didn't think the Kope has some werewolf abilities, and obviously it does. But what I liked about that was I was getting used to her as a fun Gary-type character, like someone who shows up and is fun and then kind of goes away, and maybe she has a bit too much of uh, an attraction to a furry individual. And that's cool and fun and has this Beauty and the Beast thing. I did not expect her to get superpowers, which is where they ended up with it.
0: Yeah, it, it is interesting because if you look at the the cope, I mean, seeing him in his state, but seeing what happens to Mona, yeah. that the, due to the, uh, the, 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 the clawing that the she clawing, gets. The clawing, I
1: guess, right? That yeah. must be it. I mean, it also happened after he died, so maybe there's some... Transference there that happened, but yeah. like maybe the combo of the two—that's so. true. Because
0: it, it definitely felt like you know she needed that like kind of emotional rage or something yeah. like that to really bring. She it basically hopped out there, yeah, yeah. Where it's—I mean, I guess for her it's like very much like a werewolf kind of transformation, right? So I was like, ah, but is the is the cop? Does that have, does he have a human form and is just only choosing to be this? the whole time? or
1: no, I think that's him.
0: I think that's who he is. That's just him 24-7. And then whatever he passes on will make you just change from human to
1: Right, life. so maybe she's something else. She's not quite, she can turn into a copay, but she doesn't have that, she's not going to be that 24-7. Or maybe she'll discover that there's a ability that she has the danger of turning into the copay, like
0: uh, slowly transforming into that 24-7. What do you think right now just speculation for the rest of the season here the odds are that she stays longer than this season.
1: That's hard to say cuz I think she's part of the this is the Critters season, right? So mm-hmm. she's now one of the Critters and that she's joining the the uh, as one of the Critters, she's going to kind of become a legend I think this season. But also she's going to be used as a MacGuffin, because I think now that she has these abilities, she's going to be the person that the men in black are after, the kind of dark side of the time. Yeah. Bureau. So that's my guess of about where we're headed, where she's going to be someone they have to defend, someone they have to save, but at the same time, they could use her as part of the team.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it would be interesting to see her injected into the team because it's like we don't have really any other kind of the kind of right. equivalent to that kind of character in there.
1: And we kind of, Buns of Steel is like, his buns are on an office chair most of the time now. Yeah. So those buns aren't
0: out and uh, and fighting their way. And I'll be, I mean, given what they miss those buns. I miss those buns too as well. Yeah. And I guess now hearing what their original plan for the season was, I guess you understand why they kind of sideline Nate to put him just there with his dad all the time. Yeah. But I'm hoping that now that they've kind of changed track on that, that they maybe those buns will come out. Let's get those. Let's dust those buns off. Dust those buns off, and those the buds of steel really have to fight it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Best way of describing yeah. this yes. character. Uh, so again, we've got the Time Bureau. Let's break yeah. down the Time Bureau as just an organization. Yeah. Certainly, we uh, you know we had Rip Hunter's various uh, first incarnation, mm-hmm. where we had the Time Masters, uh, kind of a corrupt organization that uh you know just ended up just you know kind of imploding and then Rip Hunter says hey you know what i'm going to start the time bureau kind yeah. of do it how it's supposed to be in the right way and now and then the government found it and the we're government. all mixed up with just like another kind of evil kind of conspiracy lying within it bureaucracy it takes every hero down
1: <laughs> but yeah it's it's they're stuck with doing the what the government wants and I think they're dealing with the same sort of alien shenanigans like from the uh, the alien universe. How they're always trying to get the aliens and turn them into monsters and turn them into tools. You know, this is basically what they're doing with as they're going through time, finding these critters and monsters. They want to turn them into tools and uh,
0: assassins for the government. But there's also a part of me that seems like, gosh, is this is almost that's getting the Men in like, Black side of it. Yeah. yeah, like getting to be like 24. Like every season of Twenty Four, you knew there was going to be some mole within the, the the department that was going to be working against cross purposes against everybody. But has
1: there been a mole in the Time Bureau?
0: Well, but there was just like some bad presence in there, and I saying that there's a, a, a right. But in the sense where, like every season, you realize, okay, something's going on. So I feel like well, this season was it was like,
1: just like you're not following the rules, you're messing up. All right, and so that's why you're not. That's why we got to stop you because you're you're just loose cannons. You're a bunch of loose cannons, and that's still kind of the case. And you kind of feel like if Ava was totally in charge of everything, everything would be fine. You but think? why, dude? What's your what's your beef with Ava? I got a beef. I'm gonna share it with you right now. Are we what at? Where's the beef? That's right.
0: So uh, one beef that I'll I'll, I'll get right next, because I know uh, also Dave Childs, you got some beefs as well. Yeah. But I'll start the opening beef salvo. I'll serve it up first. Okay, and let's see if I can eat it or if I'll reject this beef. So we've got Ava and Sarah uh, basically working at cross purposes this episode, Mm -hmm. and it kind of leads to a breakup by the end. or Well, I don't know necessarily a breakup, but at least a a halting of their relationship at that point. Uh, and they kind of both express their their points of view, mm-hmm. and I I feel Ava, it, it, I don't buy that. You know, she she's just a dupe. She's just a dupe, and I feel I don't find that she has a, a really good leg to stand on. But here's the thing: she was lied to,
1: and that's what bothers her. She feels like she's constantly being manipulated and not being like she's. It's never she's never hearing uh, her girlfriend be very honest with her. She's always discovering stuff that's happening behind her back and nothing that's that she's cute like cued in on or brought in on. She has to discover it and then hide it from her boss and have to deal with this loose cannon and it's I think she's getting
0: a little tired of that. But also what I'm thinking like, say Sarah had just been direct with her and said, Hey guess what? I've got Mona and I've got the Cope here on the Wave Rider. There's some shenanigans going on. We shouldn't bring the copay back. Sarah, Ava's already said, like, no, bring him in, and then we'll deal with everything. Right. So I feel like she, there's, this, I, I feel like there's a certain amount of, like, given everything she's experienced, like, why are you being so rigid with the rules? I don't understand. Right.
1: Well, I guess she doesn't have proof that, that this is the case, that it's going. It seems like all, the only thing they can rely on is what Mona has said. So she's looking at the the proof, and she believes in her work and her boss and the system. So she wants to believe that the system is right. And she doesn't want to break the system. Because the system is all that she has. Except for ex- except for
0: her relationship. I mean, I guess if you look at Ava's past, I mean, came, yeah. coming up that she is just a kind of a, a clone. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of uh, hundreds of hundreds of, who knows how many clones have been made of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting Going out of that kind of you know, weird kind of background to get some kind of Anchor, and I guess whether the only stability
1: like that. that she has is her is her work. That's her life. That's Ooh. her life until she fell in love. So that love is coming into conflict with what her life usually is and what always was. So that's why she's kind of so rigid, and I think she doesn't want to believe that she's working for a bad guy. So she's like fighting against that as much as possible.
0: Yeah, it's just I know, uh especially reading an article about that, that the uh, the show wanted to kind of really have yeah. valid arguments for both sides. But I felt like, I felt Ava's was a little weaker. I really couldn't buy hers as much as I could buy what Sarah was doing. Right, right. But at the same time, it's like, from her perspective,
1: like, uh, this wolf man escaped. Why are you letting, what I don't, what I don't understand is why she sent in a bunch of, like, people in suits to kind of take down publicly take, like, uh, the copay, that doesn't seem like a very subtle move and something that she often criticizes, like, the legends for being is not subtle. And when she's sending in people that look like government officials, look like American government officials, coming in and taking down uh, someone who's, like, if we have found out, starts a, a, a bad political like universe, like timeline, if if he isn't there and coming in. And everything kind of gets messy after that. I feel like that was a mistake on her part.
0: It felt weird for Ava, for somebody whose job as a time bureau, is to maintain the, the yeah. sanctity of the timeline to not realize that, oh, yes, this fight needs to happen to preserve the the timeline and history of yeah. Mexico. Feels like she should have been... what. What
1: I guess I don't understand is like, I guess they really wanted to, but this is what tends to happen with TV that always kind of annoys me is they have to manufacture some sort of riff between a relationship that you're rooting for because it gets a little stale if they don't have conflict halfway through. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they're leading to. But I mean, I think it would make more sense with her character if she fought the Bureau from sending in those people. Like the men in black should have taken over at that section, rather than have her send those people in.
0: It was interesting because at the end of the episode, when Sarah comes with her her, her apology, snickerdoodle cookies. Yeah. Which you know, at least eat the snickerdoodle cookies first. That's yeah, another I mean, beef I've mind. got. so to brings you cookies to apologize, eat the cookies. Eat first. the cookies at the very least. Yes. If you're gonna break up with someone, still eat the cookies. Yeah.
1: That's what I say. That's 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 our second message. <laughs> if you're gonna break
0: up with someone, still eat their cookies. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but it ends up having like a a, a, a kind of a, a philosophical disagreement about uh the monsters right where given what we've seen the legends experience, especially when they found uh what's her name that uh, looks like vixen? I can't remember her name because yes but it realizes that we can't just assume all these monsters are evil How dare and you. we can't send them all back to hell yeah. So we also have to realize that even though it's like labeling any, you know, seeing everybody within the larger group that they were in and associating, right. tr- treating it as a stereotype. Uh, I feel like Sarah did not have that conversation with Ava because Ava's bridge viewpoint is like pre, uh, pre-meeting that person for yeah. Sarah because she's like, they're all evil. I mean, if we're looking for ways to try to, you know, stop these monsters... We, then he should be able to do this. I don't know what the big issue is. Right, right. It, it. I mean, she
1: She tends to stay in the office. Well, but not recently. She's been gallivanting around with him. That's what she says in the beginning. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like, well, at the same time, but yeah, some monsters are good, but some monsters are bad. And this is a wolfman. Like, I would assume a wolfman's bad. You know, it would take a while for me to... I don't quite have the Mona, uh, I think most people won't have the Mona,
0: like, furry love that's happening there. Although, I mean, I, I mean, I guess you look at, he was a, in ancient Hawaii, it yeah. seemed to be, where he had his kingdom. But for all intents and purposes, the timeline is still fine now, so him being back there in the past seemed to really have no...
1: Right, I mean, what, what they're getting to is, if they put him where they should be,
0: it's not going to affect time. Uh, not that much. Yeah. And not, and certainly every monster is different. I mean, we certainly saw yeah. like, the Salem Witch Trials, having the fairy godmother there, that yes. definitely gave a different outcome. So there are monsters that keeping them where they're at currently could be bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe you can
1: make an argument that you can find the fairy godmother's place in time and put that fairy godmother there and maybe it won't be so bad if you put, him, put her in medieval times or something, wherever she comes from. But like, you know, like maybe the, the unicorn, for instance. Like, yes. Take the unicorn out of... Woodstock and put it into a place where it's like kind of supposed to be. Maybe it wouldn't so be so bad, but it's we're also dealing with people that are coming out of a hell prison, so there's always that weird consideration. That should they did they belong in the hell
0: prison or did they not? You know what, Dave? I uh, before we get onto our next topic mm-hmm. or our next beef, because I'm looking forward to hear what kind of beef you have. Uh, I feel like there's some words of wisdom that we should uh, share with our. Oh yeah, yeah. What are they? Well, folks, we just want to say thank you so much for making us the ESPN TV Talk. Uh, You know, we love doing the show. We do so many great shows here at After Buzz. That's true. Yes, but uh, we're also asking now for a little bit of help. So we're asking if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and give it a like right there. If you're listening on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. But no matter where you are watching or listening... Uh Just leave a comment and get involved in the conversation. I mean, come on. Why not? Absolutely. Being part of After Buzz has uh, meant a lot for for, for, not only just Dave and myself, but everybody else who works here and does after shows. Yep. Yeah. In fact, you know, uh, it brought the child into my life. Yeah. We wouldn't be friends otherwise. That's right. There you go. So thank you for giving us the opportunity to do what we love and continue to enjoy our shows. Thank you for our friendship. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Look at that. You caused this friendship
1: to happen, and I hope you feel good about it and, at the very least, say... uh, Give it, leave a comment that says, bless uh, Frank and Dave's friendship, and uh, we'll know that you listened to this episode. <laughs>
0: Uh, I laid out one beef, and I do have another one set uh-huh. uh, to go. But do you have a beef as well? I've kind of already mentioned. I, I kind of
1: pre-beefed. Uh, oh, before. you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want pre-beef. But I care. do. I do think that <laughs> I, I. I felt like the costumes didn't feel like they were very luchador. I felt like they were weird spandex costumes. That it's very strange that they went that direction. It was actually kind of a big beef of mine was that we saw no nipples or, or they felt like they couldn't do the straps. They couldn't like, I don't know. They just didn't feel like very luchador costumes to me. They didn't feel like wrestling costumes. They felt like something else. And uh, I also felt like this should have been the episode before the midseason break. I think if this ended it before the midseason, <clears throat> if it ended with... Oh, crap! There's a new monster and maybe a new addition to the team the This quirky girl that like Mona that we've been following is suddenly has superpowers, and also the relationship we're really rooting for suddenly has a riff in it, and we don't know if those people are gonna come back together. That's a great like oh, now we have to wait four months until. We find out. And I'm guessing the next episode isn't going to feel like a part two. It isn't going to feel like, anyways, about that B story from the last episode. It just, it felt awkward in the beginning of this. And maybe I could be wrong. We'll see next episode if no,
0: it I, was good. I think I agree with you. Because then the other thing that would have been exposed for a potential season, uh, mid-season finale would have been uh, the legend starting to figure out that Hank is up to no good as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: And like the Men in Black are really becoming a force now yeah, that
0: they yeah. have to fight. They're like the big bad. Whoever the men in black are. And right now, we, we think it's Hank. But. And we do get we get our little bit of, uh, I guess, Neuron, uh, who's in the form of John's former boyfriend. Right. Uh, just kind of peep, peeps up at the uh, the big gala that they're at for a hot second. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. He just looks there menacingly, or kind of sexily menacingly, and then walks off. Right, that's right. I might have looked away from the screen for that moment.
1: All <laughs> oh, right, Neuron. That's why we ended in the last one, is because they were trying to set up Neuron. That was, I guess that is weird that we don't even really get to him, except for a sexy glance.
0: Yeah, that was one. it. And he was just like, hmm, okay, I see what's up. Oh, yeah. Uh, my other beef for this is that it's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, it is a DC superhero show. And watching this episode, it was just like, man, you know, I remember when this show used to be a lot more colorful and crazy with the costumes and the super heroics. Well, that's why I felt like it was
1: a weird mid-season one. I think this could be in the middle of a season and feel okay. Um, But for Legends of Tomorrow, like the only time it felt like Legends of Tomorrow to me, which was maybe one of the best moments, was the uh, Ava and Lance dance. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like it was the tango them having an argument but tangoing very well and that was fun and that was cute
0: and each second turns to to lead as well
1: yeah that was like a really nice moment that would be a moment that if you put it in any other of the the superhero cw shows it would feel awkward and weird but in this one it just feels goofy and fun and it's perfect for this and uh, same with the luchador like wrestling that's fun that's good there I liked. Uh, oh, one thing we did talk about is Ray's card game. I really hope they're just setting up merch that we could just get. <laughs> Cards Against the Timeline. Yeah, I want. I want that game. I want to see how to play that game. I want to figure that out. I'll play that game. And you know that all of that stuff was fun. And but I felt like it wasn't goofy enough. I want
0: like a Bebo episode, you know because I, I, I feel like the only that's one what we, I
1: missed from Legends
0: yeah the only one we really see in costume I feel like this whole season really is just Ray, and that's only when he gets in the Adam suit yeah but other than that you don't really see anybody get in the costume which I don't know well that,
1: except for Constantine he's always in costume <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah there you that go that is a costume it's it a is good costume it is it not it is a costume. it's just his clothes that he wears yeah
1: but he doesn't have to wear that like uh, the trench coat everywhere he goes that's a costume what? No, he likes it. That's just like, you know, you have your favorite outfit. It's a costume. You could wear it every time. Do you have to have them be like, now, put on the costume. If they're wearing one outfit every single day, that's a costume. No one, no none of the other characters I will give you wear costumes because they don't wear the same outfit every single day. I do miss, like, Lance and her outfit. I do miss all that stuff, but, like, it's... I, I I
0: feel like Constantine is in his costume twenty four seven. That's just who he is. Come on, that I feel like he's sort of Einstein in that respect, where he just like he has one what are one type of about?
1: because it's Einstein... how you if if it's how you draw the character in the comic books, it's their
0: costume, and that's how you draw <laughs> Constantine in the comics is that exact out, outfit. So you're saying that when when he's not on the job, that he he puts on something else entirely. Is that your definition of a costume? No. He just wears it's he's in
1: his Constantine outfit is what I'm saying, but then it's just clothes then, right yeah, that's what Constantine wears <laughs> specifically that it's it's what he if you if you're if you're cosplaying as yes. Constantine and you wear that outfit, people will get that you're Constantine, but if you cosplay as like any of the as Ray Palmer and you're just wearing the outfit he wore in this episode. No one would guess that you're Ray Palmer. You have to wear, like, either
0: the Atom suit from the comic books or the Atom suit from Legends. But by that same token, I I am very cognizant of what I wear when I dress. I usually wear some kind of goofy, ironic Uh T-shirt, a hoodie, and shorts. Guess what? It's your costume. (laughs) It's my costume. No,
1: you definitely have a costume because it is always this outfit. It's just, like, (laughs) change the colors and the tone, but it is always the hoodie. And then, like some unique goofy T-shirt so I,
0: so I am like a superhero. I'm wearing a costume. Yes, you're a superhero. We
1: all knew, we all knew you were a superhero, Frank, from the very beginning.
0: Now look at Jonathan's been kind enough of, to put this picture up on the screen. He's not wearing his trench coat.
1: Yeah, this is That's his clothes. He's oh, it you're right. He, <laughs> he does take his cut. Co- okay, if we go back to your first argument of like, <laughs> does he take his costume off? Yes, sometimes he takes the tie off. Sometimes he opens up the button, and sometimes he doesn't wear his trench coat. That's him on his off days.
0: <laughs> it is Sunday. I am not- That is... This is the outfit. That is the costume. He's wearing the costume. So I'm a superhero. But that's the important thing. The more
1: important thing is the thing <laughs> that away from, I'm a superhero. I'm glad we could we could agree on that one thing. Is <laughs> that you a superhero. Can I also talk about my favorite... Uh, another favorite moment? Please. From this, my... <laughs> my creme de beef, is uh, what I liked was Gary in this episode. I thought Gary was specifically strong, mostly because of the where's my nipple-like uh, discussion that we touched upon earlier. We touched upon Gary's nipple earlier. But him just screaming where's my nipple over and again because he lost his memory, I like that. But what I mostly loved is when he when there was the call from uh, when, uh, Ava's... No. When the, the, the call comes in and he's like should uh, should I take this to a private line just in case there's a bit of a and he does this hand gesture that's like he does like woohoo instead of doing any sort of sexual move with the hand gesture it's just like he's holding something in his hand and then he just waves like a, a magic hand over it there's nothing sexual about this that's my favorite that's like in case there's a little bit of a woohoo it, was, it made me laugh out loud. I really like that.
0: I think it was a good job, Gary. That was great. That was my
1: favorite part. That was my favorite part of the episode.
0: You know, because there's part of me that was like, oh, I, I, I where I would look at Gary and Mona it was kind of like, all right, they're just like big characters that have kind of risen to a little bit more prominence yeah, than, than yeah, the yeah. show. But I also feel like, I think, to me, Mona has more legs, I think, as opposed to Gary, which I feel like... He's just good for those little bits so you Gary's, sprinkle them in.
1: Gary represents my favorite part of Legends of Tomorrow, which is just, one, the the fluid sexuality, but also the goofiness that happens. Like, all that stuff is wrapped up in Gary. He's just all over the place. You, you don't know what he's going to do next. You don't know how what wacky thing... You don't understand why they still have him hired as part of the team. I just like the... There's like a 60s era Batman quality to Legends of Tomorrow that yep. I want them to embrace more and more. I don't want them to get dark and serious. And I'm always worried they're about to do that. And I really love when they get just wacky and light and fun.
0: <laughs> I mean, Gary Ghost shows up to his place of work, still in his hospital gown. Yeah. You know, with the back
1: open. And he doesn't know who he is, and he's screaming, where's my nipple? <laughs> uh, That's what the show needs. It needs more, where's my nipple? There you where's
0: go. The nipple? That's it. <laughs> So we do see that, uh, unlike Gary, who we've kind of, you know, we're, we're fine with, the, like, what we see of him in the show and what he adds. Yeah. This time we get to see a little bit of Mona, and uh, her greater uh, life here. We get to see her parents visiting her there in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. For, I don't know, I mean, I feel like it was very cliche, at least it seemed to me, and I apologize. Kind of cliche, kind of like, oh, all right, we have the just kind of disapproving parents, and then they just check out after, like, two lines, and they're, they're just gone.
1: Right, and we're seeing why... I think we find out why we're seeing more of the parents because we're building up this character even further. But I also kind of like the fact that she can't really talk about what her actual job is. They think she's still delivering food. Yeah. So, and when she tries to say that, they just think she's just nerding out and being like like a spacey nerd.
0: I kind of like that aspect to, to it. But, like, you know. One thing I did like was, uh, Rory, you know, you've sprinkled in a little bit this episode. But yeah. I did like it. Where he goes to his like he's he, he's using a dark gun thinking it's just a real gun and he was happy just to cap anybody. That was great.
1: That's a good Rory moment too, where he just shoots. And then like Ray's like, did you want to shoot shoot her? And that was good. That was a great moment.
0: Uh, to him, then seeing like, oh wait, you've read my books. You understand, uh, you know, kind of you know what I'm trying to say as an author, right? And then to but trying the, to
1: keep it hidden too. That yes. he's the author,
0: which is also yes. Yeah. Nice. Like, how do you know that's what's going to happen to the next book? I just know. <laughs> to uh, helping try to facilitate uh, these two people running off together. Or yeah. this, this person and monster. And
1: I really thought he was going to go through that, and they were going to say goodbyes, and he was going to go off and live in ancient Hawaii, and uh, that was going to be the last we see of him. So when he does get shot in the back of it, and she transforms into a monster. Totally
0: surprised me. Which is nice to see in a TV show. Yeah. Did you suspect that at all? I did not suspect that. Although, <laughs> there's a part of me where it's... I guess you want to just forgive the kind of just the the, the contrivances of television. Because we see uh, the cop get shot. The agent comes over, kind of shoes Mona away. And she screams, you murdered him! And then does her big Hulk out. Or Hulk slash Wolf out. Yeah. Where the guy does not notice... You know, bone snapping and reforming, and skin kind of enlarging and tearing, and clothes ripping. And He's it's just focused
1: like focused on his work.
0: <laughs> it's like, how do you not notice? You know, this thing transforming behind you.
1: I I don't think I would assume that the nice lady is transforming into a monster.
0: But you I would, assume. W- if you would hear something, wouldn't you turn around and be like, what? Is Have this? you
1: ever heard a monster transforming? How do you know it's so loud? It certainly seemed loud in the. That episode. was the music they were playing behind it. That to hearing the, she went, uh, 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 <laughs> but for all he knew, she was just like crying weird, and so she's like, I, I don't, I don't like to see women cry. It's a weird thing I had since my childhood. <laughs> and My mom, I don't like to see women cry. So whatever's happening behind me, <laughs> I would not look at because I don't like to see women cry. <laughs> and then he gets his guts ripped out, and if, yeah, geez. one's one assumes because there's
0: blood on a tree. Yeah, I don't think it was a flesh wound. I think he was a goner.
1: Where's his nipple? It's on that tree.
0: It's it's just only only after nipples. That's the one thing I needed
1: at the end, was just see a single nipple just hit the tree. And then just slide And then just slide down. (laughs) And then it's like, finally, I see one nipple. (laughs) Every show has to have one nipple in it.
0: Uh, well, as we're getting into wrap-up, uh, <laughs> yes. Perfect segue. Perfect segue. Uh, fantastic news, though. We've been talking about Legends of Tomorrow, and we're going to get the opportunity to talk about it again for yet another season. <laughs> Dave Childs excited about Love this. Love it. Uh, a, early, a nice early renewal for Legends of Tomorrow. Good. Keep it coming. Uh, so, of course, Green Arrow, we know, is going off the air next season after a 10-episode run. So it's eighth season, 10 episodes. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, this will be season five that it's going to be going into. Yeah. How long would you like to see The Legends of Tomorrow continue?
1: It's a good question. I want to see it continue until it wants to stop. I feel like as long as it continues being fun and it doesn't fall into the trappings of having to turn it into a series of a show as as Arrow
0: and even The Flash right now, I say keep going with it. Do you think that the CW or even just the Berlanti uh, production team is now looking at where they've kind of set the... Right now, it's the ceiling.
1: I I don't think it's going to go past the Flash. I think the Flash is going to go a little further than Legends of Tomorrow. Do you think the Flash would go past Arrow? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think the Flash is at least going to have, like... That's a good question, though, because they're building up this crisis right now in the Flash, right? Yes. So that could be
0: the end, but I doubt it. I Eh. bet it's going to do something else. I'd be curious to see where if if series continue past like the eighth abbreviated season, yeah. Whether it's CW, whether it's a Flash or the Legends, yeah. Black Lightning, uh, Supergirl, whatever that might be, right? Yeah. But uh, but regardless, we are going to have just at least we know for sure one more season. The Legends it's tomorrow ten. We, we never we're never ending, we're never stopping. <laughs> uh, as we get to wrap up, uh, a lightning fast prediction about something you want to see sometime before this season finale your After Buzz TV predictions Um, I hope Gary gets a
1: robotic nipple and it, it has its own superpowers because now Gary's maybe the only one without super uh, some sort of super ability linked to him hmm. so I think what he needs is a cyborg nipple so that's my prediction cyborg nipple uh,
0: I, I'm going to predict that oh gosh I can't say it's a prediction but I hope I just want to see some more people just in costumes being superheroes. That's going to happen. They're just saving it. It's going to be this big superhero
1: moment, especially at the end of the season. People are going to be in superhero outfits more.
0: Yeah, We'll see. I'm scared. (laughs) I think those buns will come back out too. Uh. Fighting. There you go. That's going to be his new steel costume where it's just, you know, just the, uh, you know, buttless. Just the, the back is <laughs> over. <open. laughs> that's right. Uh, just two metal cheeks sticking out there, ready to fight crime. They're not nipples, so it passes the sensors. There you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. Holy cow. We came back. Wow. We did it. Boy, just like, you know, we're getting on back a, like a bicycle or a horse. We just rode it to victory. And we'll keep riding it in into next week. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, until we meet again, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. And if you want to follow either of us, even after the show's over and chat about whatever is on your mind at that particular time of day, Dave, where can they find you?
1: They can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram and in your dreams at MR Dave Child, or go to DaveChild.com. Because I'm Dave Child. And you see a lot of videos of me dancing for a lot of people.
0: That's right. Uh, Next week, Dave, right now he's formalizing uh, uh, all the plans for his world tour. He'll announce that next week. Get excited.
1: (laughs) I could be dancing right next to you sometime next year.
0: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. Until next Monday. On another episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show, we will miss you. We hope you'll miss us. We'll all meet back here again, 10 p.m. Pacific, right here on AfterBuzz TV. Hail Bebo. Speed off. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup.